Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition. This is my second time on interviewing Joel Hulk, who's a, a new friend of mine who's from Pittsburgh, but he's actually from all over the world. He's been lots of different places. Uh, if you didn't catch our interview last week, please do so. I know it will pique your interest uh, for today. And so just welcome back, Joel. Glad to have you with me again. I am so happy. I'm looking forward to our next few minutes together. Thanks. Me too. Well, you talked a little bit about your earlier years last time, and all of this ties in, of course, with your great new book, The Eggshell Effect. And I remember in the book and you telling me when we talked before and in the last episode that you spent uh, several years growing up in a kibbutz. Is that, is that how you say it correctly? An agricultural community where people work together in Israel. And a lot of that time was spent working with animals, which uh, you loved and thrived with. And you had a particular experience with uh, a mentor, someone helping you when you saw an egg about to be hatched. And that that has particular meaning to the title of your book. So tell us about that, if you would. Sure, sure. So, so it, I probably was about 10 years old or so. And at the part of the kibbutz life, work is something that kids, grown-ups, we all do. I mean, from age six or seven, we start working and we're working every day. And part of the work that we're doing as kids, uh, we had making sure that we clean our place where we live and making sure we clean our dining room and classroom. And we also had a petting zoo that we were responsible for. We had a, a garden that we were growing vegetables. At that particular day, I was working in the petting zoo and I was inside a shed where we had an incubator for eggs that were abandoned by their moms so to make sure that they match. And this particular day, I, I was standing, I was cleaning the floor, and I see a chick trying to break through the eggshell, and I see the the peak of the of the chick to just keep breaking, and, and and I can see it, and I was fascinated, and I was watching it, and now all the place was running by the kids. I mean, there were no adults that took care of this place, but there was one adult over there that was supervising the kids to make sure that we don't hurt ourselves and each other and the animals, and and making sure that. It teach us how to take care of the animals, but they actually work. Everything was done by the kids. And I was looking at the chick, fascinating. And then I reached with my arm to help the chick to break the eggshell. And it just happened to be that this particular second, the adult that was helping us running the place just happened to stand next to me. And as soon as he saw me reaching with my arm, trying to help the chick, he immediately grabbed my arm and said, don't do that. And I looked at him surprised and I say, why not? Because in my heart, I want to help the chick. And he say, the chick needs to build his muscles inside the eggshell to be able to live outside the eggshell. So by actually the physical part that the animal is doing inside the chicks to break the eggshell, it's building the muscles to be able to stand up and start walking. Because if not, 
in nature they will be they will be eating. So that moment obviously had very little significant for me as a child. You know, it's made a big difference for the chick, but not for me. <laughs> I just put it in my memory bank and, and just move on with my day. Fast forward to age 35 years later, age 45, and this is part of really where all this become together is that at that time I was living in Pittsburgh already and my mom passed away uh, probably at that point, a few, few months earlier. Uh, I was uh, uh, separated from my second wife on my second marriage. Uh, my mother and my second marriage ended within a week apart. So I flew to Israel and, and, and I was there with my mom for the last week of her life. And I was there for the week after uh, mourning her loss and flew back to Pittsburgh and came home. And within probably 12 hours after I got back home, my second wife at the time uh, say, hey, I'm leaving. And I was working enough from losing my mom. Now I had to deal with losing my wife on the same week. It just was more than I could bury. And this is really where the book starts. I mean, the, the, uh, like being so broken. And this is where the growth come. And this is where the freedom come. But I was really broken. And I remember wanting my wife to come back. I remember wanting some help, friends to help me, wanting some friends to convince her to come back, wanting some, wanting something outside of myself to help me to be fixed. Because the pain was just so tremendous. I could not eat, I could not sleep, I could not function, I couldn't do nothing. And then I remember what happened to the chick 10, 35 years earlier. And I say, what about if all my life I just build up an eggshell around me to protect myself from the outside. And what about now I have two choices? Either stay inside the eggshell, stay small, or actually break the eggshell and see what is on on the other side. But I understood that the only person to break the eggshell, like the chick 35 years earlier, it's me. Nobody can do it for me, there's no shortcuts. Because any shortcuts, all what it's got to do is just go to shrink me to be comfortable inside the eggshell that I built throughout my life. Mm. And this is shift the relationship with every challenge, every obstacle, every pain that I experience from that moment and on is instead of looking at being, feeling feeling sorry for myself, being, being mad, being mad at other people, being mad at circumstances, being just being a victim. I'm looking at it. Hey, this is the eggshell that I build around myself. This is an opportunity to become free, to break, to grow, to learn. And let's see what is on the other side of the eggshell. And, and this is what my hope is that when people will read the book, that they be able to shift their relationship to the challenges that they're facing in their life from problems to opportunities to break the eggshell and to see what is on the other side. That's a great analogy, great word picture, and very appropriate. Now, you mentioned in these two interviews your school experience, dyslexia. You mentioned just a, a bit ago about your mom dying and your, your marriage ending all within a period of a couple of weeks. You haven't mentioned your physical condition during that time, which was also, I'll use the word, debilitating. So if you don't mind, tell us about that and the medical diagnosis and what you were dealing with there. About 12 years ago, 
I was struggling to walk. I was barely able to walk. A good friend of mine, a doctor, saw me actually walking. And one day when our boys played together, a doctor actually, a doctor, Shimi Sachs, saw our boys playing baseball together. And he saw me walking and said, Joe, what's, what's going on? Why do you walk like that? And my response was, I have a bad back. This was my response. This is how I basically understood what's going on in my body. And I say, nah, this is, does not make sense. Something, something is off here. I say, let me help you. Let's find out what's going on. And it took over a year from going from one doctor to another, but eventually I was diagnosed with MS. Now, at the time, when she, Dr. Sachs saw me, it's actually I was not working well, but I was working. But there were actually times throughout my life that I was in so much pain, I could not walk at all. And eventually we were able to, I say we, because he really was there every step of the way with me. And we were able to find a doctor that was actually able to diagnose with what's going on in my body and, and to start treat me with um, conventional medicines. And he told me, he said, Joel, this is what's going on in your body. This is how your future go to look like. There is really nothing that we can do. All what we can do is to slow down the progressive of the disease and hope that you will be in good shape. But we really don't know how bad it's going to hit you. And I started being treated by him. And he told me in one of our meetings, I say, Joel, most likely within probably 10 years from now, you go to live in a wheelchair. And my suggestion to you, Joel, is that you go to get your house in order, make sure that you're living in a ranch style home, make sure that you have a bedroom on the first floor, make sure that there is handicapped shower and handicapped bathroom, make sure that your life will be manageable because once it's coming, it's coming. This, will, it is, this is the future that you're living into. And for about a year, a year, a little over a year, I actually believed them and this is the future that I was living into. And in 2009, I went to a landmark seminar. This is a self-awareness education. And there were some events that happened at that seminar that the the lady that ran the the event actually asked me, Joel, what's wrong with you? And I often joke, I assume that she asked what's wrong with me physically because she did not what's wrong with me in my head. But let's assume that this was her question. I say, I have a mess. And she looked at me and she said, you know, it's an autoimmune disease. I say, yes, I know. And she said, you know that you brought it on yourself. And I had no clue what she's talking about. But because she was so powerful, this woman took no prisoners. I mean, this, this was about 75 to 100 people in the room. And I have seen how she's talking to people when they're in disagreement with her. And I did not want to start any front with her. And I say, sure, I know. And I had no clue what she's talking about. And that, the event was great. It was a three days event. It was really effective. It was great. But this question kept staying in the back of my head. And probably about a month after the seminar, the question surfed again. And I say, let's say that it's true for a second that I brought this disease on myself. I did not like this because I have to assume responsibility. It's much easier to be a victim than to be a responsible for that. Like, what do you want from me? I'm sick. It's not my fault. Yeah. Correct? It's, it's easier. Yeah. Um, but they said, let's say for a second that she's right. And I did brought the disease on myself. What is on the flip side? If I made myself sick, it's mean that I can heal myself. And this is really was the beginning of my physical 
healing. Because in the moment that I can understand that I could assume that we, and eventually I understood and all what we talked about and the dyslexia and, and all, all this stuff that basically impact my life. This is really, I, I've been living throughout in a survival mode throughout all my life. And eventually my body say, we cannot do this no more. Like this, this is, it's done. And once I was able to assume the responsibility and understand that there was an opportunity for me to heal myself, then doors start to open. I met one doctor, then I met another doctor. And each doctor is the alternative and alternative healings doctors actually eventually helped me to eventually to, to let my conventional doctor go. And, and I went and I thanked him for his help. And I said, this is, we're not going to work together no more. Thank you for everything that you have done. Because he really did the best that he could with the knowledge that he had. Most people do. If we don't have the right knowledge. And this is eventually led me to the physical healing. And the emotional healing and the spiritual healing came way after that. And this was happening from the results of my mom passing and, and, and my wife at the time living. This is really what was the, the, the missing piece for my complete healing. So you had physical healing that needed to take place. You had emotional healing that needed to take place. How would you describe your spiritual healing and what was your spiritual life like prior to this? Sure. <laughs> Let's start with prior to that. I grew up in Israel and Israel is Jewish. It's a Jewish state. Friday night. Today is a little bit different, but again, I'm talking about, I, I don't live in Israel for over 30 years, almost 30 years now. But at the time growing up, you know, Friday night, the country is shut down. Saturday, the country is shut down. Every holiday, everything shut down. It's a very observing concept of the country. And, and it's all done by the Jewish religion. So a lot of this I liked. A lot of it I felt not comfortable with. And I felt like being forced to do things. And as time go on, I, I went from one side to another. There is God. There is no God. And, and probably most of my adult life I, I even did not think about spirituality i did not feel that i'm a spiritual being i did not feel that in my logic it was just this is it this is our body we're just here and once we're done we're done and, and then it's all over there is no spiritual and mind and, and, and body connected it was just it was three different things actually for a good while of my life i would argue with people that god is the biggest scam in mankind that nobody saw him. Nobody. It just we made it out. We made it all up. There's there's no proof. There is nothing that you, you it just does not make sense. And it just we all been living in this scam all our life that nobody can actually break through it. So this is where I came to my spirituality. So I, I did not say it's not that I was you know on on the surface just had to dive in. I really had to close my book and open a new book. This is really what dived into my spirituality. But I think that when I was completely broke from every direction. Once I lost my mom and I lost and my wife left, I was completely broke. And I had to be completely broke to discover everything for me and to discover the connection between the body, the mind, and the soul. And today I'm a completely, I mean, I, I, I want, I, I believe and I, I, and I am operating from spirituality. I, I do and I have a completely relationship with God that is in, on my terms. I, I'm not considering myself a religious person in, in no mainly, you know, I'm Jewish. I have friends that are Jewish and we talked a lot about the Jewish culture and the Jewish studying and I have friends that are Christians that, uh, that I have a lot of conversations with them about that. I, I studied the Buddha. So, so it's all connected. Well, as I mentioned to you, I, I don't consider myself 
religious at all. As a matter of fact, I'm not into organized religion at all. That's about the nicest way that I can say that. And I was, that was a huge part of my life from the time I can remember growing up and then as a pastor up until about uh, 10 years ago. And I'm still a pastor, but I don't consider myself uh, religious at all. And most people's definition of religion is, on the other hand, I, I'm very spiritual and very much have a connection with God. And, and that whole awareness has, has changed drastically over the last period of time too, uh, which I'm very grateful for. And life very much is a journey. It's not a static thing. Uh, you know, I was involved in religious organization where these are the rules. This is the doctrine. These are the dogmas. These are the rituals. You get this down and then you repeat that all of your life. Uh, whether it works or not, you act like it works. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, well, then obviously you're doing something wrong. So you need more faith or you need to try harder or you need to give more money or you need to give up this sin or that sin or whatever. And it's not a good way to live. Huh? I found that out. It's a very, it's a false way to live. And it's worked for some people. Sure. It's worked for some people. I hear what you're saying. And for some people, they, they find value in that. They find safety. They find, and, and it's, it's okay. That worked for you for a while and does not work anymore. And the beauty of my understanding of God, that we all can have a relationship with God. Yeah, he's always there waiting on us and ready. Hey, Joel, this, I've never done this before. I've never had three interviews in a row with a person, but I think we're going to do that this time, if that's all right with you. We'll finish this interview in just a minute, and then uh, then we'll do a third one while uh, we kind of tie everything together and we talk more about the eggshell effect, your book, and the process that you went through and your healing and, and where that's left you for today. So again, as we close now, tell people how they can connect with you and how they can get a copy of the book. Great. They can either go to joelhawk.com or eggshelleffect.com and pre-order the book. And anybody that will order the book from that site, I'd be happy to send them a signed copy for that. So if this is something that is important for you, I'd be happy to send you a signed copy. Great. Sounds good. Thanks for being with us now. And for those of you who've watched last week and this week, we'll have a third interview coming up a week from now. So thanks again for being with us today on Grace to All with Paul Gray with my friend Joel Hulk. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.